Oh, uh, I don't want to stay in this canyon, so I'll just I just grab Morvan's foot. I'm assuming he's lying down at the stage, and I just start <laughs> so walking, dragging. walking and dragging him through the sand. Hello and welcome to another episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Guys, I'm blown away because my group just gave me a gift. An awesome Dungeons & Masters screen. Check out our Instagram to see what it looks like, guys. A little self-promo. Unapologetic one, too. Guys, I'm sitting around the table with the Forgotten Four. The Forgotten Four. We have Gorgon Bort, Baron Barnabas, Morvan, and Rangar. And today, we're going to go around the table and say name, race, class, and you're going to tell us how your character got that scar. Oof. That's Scar. <laughs> <laughs> so Baron Barnabas is a level six Goliath fighter. And that Scar is teammate inflicted. <laughs> so there's, there's someone that's fairly fond of javelins in our group. And he's uh, not always the best results when throwing. Oh, them, you, so. you actually have a, it's not a Scar, it's a hole. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, we were fighting a many eyed Monster underwater, I think. And there was several occasions where I was hit by a javelin instead of <laughs> <laughs> the monster in, in question. So, yeah, I've got several javelin wounds from, uh, from my party. But, you know, look, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. So, <laughs> I feel like you've got like five and they're in the shape of the Southern Cross. <laughs> <on your laughs> <old lake. laughs> it's very diplomatic, Aaron. Yeah, that's it. All right, we'll go Morvan next. Uh, Morvan is a high elf. Wizard level six, and he got his scar on his hand when he was a young elf being taught archery. And slicing up his hand from an errant uh, arrowhead made him think he wants to go to the books and not the sharp instruments. It was a turning point in your life that day. Uh, yes. So like, I just imagine Morvan in the yard as a young kid, and he's just like, This is not for me. And then his dad shows disapproving eyes. I'm so. Why am I dirty? What what is this outside world? <laughs> um, Rengar, the moonlit. He's a high elf, level six, four ranger, rogue two, and a gloom stalker. His scar. I think he only has one scar. It's down his face. Very good. All right, we go to Gorgonbort. Uh, yeah, I'm Gorgonbort, half orc, barbarian, and level six. I have a scar. I believe it's on my uh, left, uh, my left eye, as if similar to Scar in the Lion King. That came about when I was a child and the family that I grew up with also had javelins around the house and I was just running around and ran into it and it sliced open my eyeball. So, um, yeah, it's also a, a javelin wound and hence uh, I feel from that day on I've been throwing javelins purely from anger, not because I like the weapon. <laughs> it's just a... Uh, get away from me. <laughs> I need to... I, there always seems to be javelins on me and I just need to get rid of them. Maybe you should stop using that eye. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're not blind in one eye, are you? And everything yeah. is slightly to the left of where you that's, think That's it why is. the javelins never hit. You just see <laughs> aiming with a squint happening. <laughs> All right, let's kick into it, guys. Um, when we last left off, you guys were in the dry expanse. You were traveling towards the location of an archaic in the worm spine. You have two party members with you other than yourselves. There is Ren, a small boy that you gathered from the Sky Spire who exudes some unnaturally high abilities for his age and there is also Braxen, the brother of Rengar the Moonlit. As you guys have been going you've been travelling and battling the elements as well as the fearsome hollow after taking some refuge in a small weathered down coliseum you ended up making your way 
further south, battling the elements, and you've finally made your way into the very fringes of the Wormspine Range, looking for Little Bear and the point of Orion's sword. So that's where we're going to jump in, guys. It is currently hitting on dusk. The sun's arduous heat dropping below the horizon, giving you some respite from the day's exhaustion. You are battered. You are bruised. There is sand in every crack. Your lips are dry as you take some of the water from your well-supplied water skins. You move the donkey into shelter. You watch as Braxton and Wren get themselves ready for the nightly camp. The situation you're looking at at the moment is as you look out into the expanse of the worm spine, you can see spire-like, rocky, jagged, mountainous peaks in the distance. Some very thin, some quite thick. It looks like a row of teeth or bone protruding from the sand itself. It's eerily quiet in here. The only sound, the wind rushing across your form. As you sit down under your current shelter that you have found, a rocky outcropping poking outward, allowing you some cover from any predators from above. You make yourself ready for rest. What would you four like to do? I think Rengar might take first what? Braxton is over in the, where the rock shelter meets the ground in that small crevice. He's sort of pushed Ren's bedroll underneath there and you can see him sort of flattening it out and Ren's just sort of standing there waiting. And he looks towards the boy and you hear him say, you have to get your shot eye. You don't sleep. You can't grow to be a big warrior in the morning. And then he sees you looking at him, Rengar, and he goes, I mean, <clears throat> get some fucking sleep, kid. He stands up and he turns around to you, Rengar, and he says, I'll take first watch. That was going to do anyway. Fine, if, if you want to. If you want to join me, you're more than welcome. But you look like you could rest too. Yeah. This has been harder than I thought it would be. Definitely not the place we expected, but we were warned. What, what are we going to do after this? Well, I guess that all depends on what happens and where this all leads to I don't really I don't have the answers yet little brother it's something that I'm just winging so to speak so we go to this archaic he tells you what your next step is you follow it to your end follow it to an end and see where that will take me I fear this will be the end of you in one way or another and I don't want to see that happen Ranga's just sitting there silently and he just stares up at the stars and exhales deeply. Braxton puts a hand on your shoulder and you feel a pressure as he grips and you watch as he goes and sits down. He reaches into his bag and throws a ration at Ren and then he just sits down next to him. Ren picks it up and starts eating. What are the rest of you guys doing? Yeah, I've had a big day. I'm just sitting down uh, polishing my ladle. <laughs> that's that's that it. what we just call it these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> polishing my ladle and um, just... <laughs> <laughs> just, just quietly talking to her, saying, "We'll get there, mate. We'll get there." Morgan looks over. Google Mo, what are you? Ah, uh, yeah. Cool. You just see the sleeping bag <laughs> moving. <laughs> uh, Morgan's gonna use his octan, capture the starlight. He might even study the map and probably study it again in the morning with fresh eyes. He's sleeping. Mm-hmm. All right. So as you do so, the light is captured. The arcane starlight is captured in the in the octant and also the uh, in the map. And as you look at it, roll a intelligence check. Just straight intelligence. Mm-hmm. Or nineteen. 
So as you look at this map, knowing that you are looking for the location of the archaic resides underneath the blade of Orion, the symbol for Little Bear, unknown to you. You're probably about a half a day's journey and you know that you need to travel east in the morning. Night falls, the temperature drops. Those of you that sleep do so. Rengar, roll a perception check. I'd say at this stage, Rengar's, you know, he's, he's laying back, feet sort of like crossed and just have resting his two hands over his chest, well-deserved and well-earned sort of time to himself. And uh, he probably would get up and how tall is the spire that we're talking about that we're sort of resting under? Is it overly tall or just enough it's probably, to cover? It's, got, it's on an angle and it's about 20 or so feet at its highest point. So it angles down to okay. the... To the ground. To the ground. Like a pride rock. Yes. Cool. So I think Rengar might just go to the top of that. Do his perception check. Go for it. At a better vantage point. That's not great, guys. Uh, That would be a seven. Your eyes are drawn to the jagged peaks silhouetted in the moonlight. It's a vast expanse of space. You can't see civilization everywhere you look. As far as the eye can see, it's sand and rock. The air brushes by you and... It's drying at your skin so much that you're starting to just feel dehydration being around there. You see two silhouettes of a moving winged creature flapping in the distance towards the east. You watch as they duck behind a spire many hundreds of feet away. I'd probably just be taking it all in up there and I'd do a little bit of a, when I'm ready to go and get more and I'll do a little bit of a shuffle and and slide down the rock real quietly. As you go over towards Morven, you have one less point of exhaustion, having four hours now of rest. So you've only got one. Now Rengar awakens you. Morven, it's uh, it's your watch. Did you see anything? Nothing that we wouldn't expect to see out here. That is not heartening. <laughs> I'll take watch. All right, roll your perception check, please disadvantage because it's a ability yes with your exhaustion seven with disadvantage it comes to the end of your watch the night seems quiet and you sort of your head drops at certain points and you're not sure if you were lost in consciousness for a minute or an hour of that due to the exhaustion that you're feeling however it feels like it's been four hours based on the position of the moon so you go back underneath your shelter. Roll a survival check, please. With disadvantage. Seems normal. Nothing's changed. You hear snoring coming from Baron Barnabas. Braxton stirs. Safe. Rengar's head removed from his body. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Morven walks in thin. Did a good watch. Uh, I'm waking people up, am I? It's time. It's your choice, yeah. All right, I'll... Let's go, alright guys, Daisy, come on. Oh. Little Ren wakes up as the sun just begins to peek through the um the spire. The golden lights shining upon your area of rest. Ren wakes up. <laughs> it's a good fucking morning. <laughs> Ren, what's your language? You guys say it all the time. Yeah. Those words never come out of my mouth. You don't want to grow up like us. Also, we're not on the ship anymore, Ren. Oh yeah, I forgot that rule. Shut your fucking mouth. (laughs) (laughs) 
Gorgon board. Friend moves over, packs up his stuff, and Braxton moves off probably 100 feet away from you, and you watch as he's got his longbow taken out. It looks like he's attempting to hunt. The rest of you, as you get up, what are you doing? Can I do a sniff check? Or um, I just want to smell, see if I can smell any orcs or any that sort of dealio. Yep. I'm not Roll an investigation a fan check. of this area. Hmm. That would be a uh, 12. Okay, so looking around, you just take a sniff of the air. Definitely no smell of orc. Well, you think you smell some for a second, and then you sniff your own armpit and you go, oh, it's me. Okay. As you look around, though, you do smell something else. It's almost like acrid, like an irony smell. Irony? Like iron, yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's fucking ironic. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the irony. Not the irony. Uh, like an irony smell. Okay. I smell steel, boys, and I don't know what that is. As you say that, Barnabas, you wake up. Like blood? Like, I'm, like, like that sort of iron the smell? metallic blood smell. No, not quite. Like, Almost like... Like rust. Like you're in a forge, yeah, like rust, yeah. Okay. Hmm. As you wake up, Barnabas, you go to collect your gear and you can see the head of your glaive is completely rusted and broken through. You can see also that all of your javelins, Gorgon bought, are turned to dust. What? Worst day ever. Did not want these anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Rembin practicing in his sleep, has he? As you move towards your gear, your rapier, completely dust. What about your cool one? That is my cool one. That one. Mm. Are you serious? It's gone, or is it rusty? You can see the outline of it as if it is just completely brown and rusted through. It is a weapon that is absolutely useless now. Wake up, look at the... What about my more? weapon for keeping <laughs> monsters away from me? Mage, get over here. Wizard. Uh, I head on over. I have a look and say, Look at this. What have you done? <laughs> uh, that wasn't me. Um, shit. Actually, I may know of something about this. Can I roll a... Roll an arcana check. And you can roll a survival uh, check. Again, disa- disadvantage. 20. It's harsh environments, but it's not like... Surely rust doesn't happen that quickly. Uh, 16. Okay. And you got? 20. 20. So the both of you together, Rengar, you take a more natural approach. You look around the area trying to see anything that you missed from the night before. As you look around your campsite, you can see what looks like small footprint marks that look like an insectoid or a bunch of insectoids had run through this area, probably about two foot long. Morvan, as you look at these, you can see that there is an arcane shimmer to the rust and it almost looks like it's been ingested. You have heard of creatures like this. Sometimes they're used in forges for waste management. They are called rust monsters. As you look around, Rengar, you can see also probably about 50 or so feet from your camp location, you can see some holes that lead down into the ground that seem like insects had burrowed in and escaped through. So what did it? Bugs. Bugs. I fucking hate bugs. Are they acidy? Is it is it acid that's burning they, the things? They or like they... to eat metal. Okay, so they ate the dagger. Hence the degradation on the blade. Mm. <laughs> Sounds uh, like they had a hearty breakfast. It's not a time of joke, young Ren. I'm sorry. Do you have another weapon? Hey Ren, do you fit in that hole? <laughs> <laughs> I could. How big is the hole? It's probably about a foot wide. Yeah. I'm sure someone wants to send Ren down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could tie a rope to my feet. And I'll scurry down and see what's happening. No. Yeah, let's do it. 
Well, they only eat metal. Well, yeah. what's the point? They've eaten it. Where they, we're going? Like, we just can we just go? He's <laughs> <Just regular, like, laughs> proper pissed right now. <laughs> Do you have another weapon, uh, Barnum? No, not a Don't you have some new blades? Yeah, that you would have attuned to overnight. Those yeah. toothpicks. Yeah, I've got those. They're not. They're not. Need something like if you're fighting something twenty foot tall. You're in right now. I'm just saying I haven't got a weapon. I'm unarmed. You are armed with some magical blades. They, are, they hardly. Well, <laughs> as Braxton comes back, he watches he's got this meter-long lizard, almost like a minotaur, a, a monitor, sorry, over his shoulder. That's a fucking big lizard. He <laughs> slaps it down and he says, breakfast is served. You can cook it if you like, or you can just eat it as uh, as is. Well, our knives and forks are rust, buddy. Beg your pardon? Uh, metal is gone. Don't talk down to me, Rengar. <laughs> he moves over to Ren and he slaps him across the back of the head and he goes, what did you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he looks to him and, he, and Ren's just like, ah, I didn't do anything. Braxton looks and says, you mean, he sees your glaive and you just watch as he's just like. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, Baron, I guess this will be the true test of a man. See what uh, you can do without that blade. These bugs are a convenient excuse for boy being up to mischief or not. <laughs> <laughs> he says he didn't do it. I say we're hanging now. Uh, <laughs> you watch as Ren moves over to you, pats you on the leg and he says, ah, oh, Barnabas. I'm not going anywhere. And he walks off. Yeah, it's kind of like an ornament Cornfield children or whatever you want to call We're not going anywhere. So you take the next 20 or so minutes to eat off of this Lizard. this catch. And Braxton looks towards you, Morvan, and says, What does the fucking paper say? Where are we going this morning? It's actually the stars say we go east. Uh, about half a day's travel. Can I re-roll... No, fresh eyes early morning or yeah, it's, uh, this is actually wait sorry is this using the octant so it would actually just be a straight roll yep straight roll so i got a 19 and 20 so either or plus five plus seven the constellation of orion lies approximately half a day's journey to the east you were correct in your assumptions last night which kind of comforts you knowing that even in your tired state you are able to make those mental acuity decisions and Braxton's looking at you expectantly. East it is. Look, I've I've done some walking this morning, some hunting. This, he points to the lizard, is definitely not the biggest thing in this spine. No hollows, but I think we've got some natural predators to worry about. Good to know now we don't have our weapons of choice. You still have your maul? Oh yeah, I can still beat shit, but I can <laughs> no longer do it from a distance. Yeah. Look, if we're unable to adapt to this new situation, then we should turn back home now. Uh, there is no turning back. You've had that chance and we said no. <laughs> <laughs> well, we better fucking get going then. I'm all up for getting let's going. Go. Let's uh, let's pack up, get sorted, and venture forth. Uh, can I see, uh, this is all like desert land, but can I see like a, a stick or something that I can just chuck in a backpack? So I can throw to get someone's... 18. You find four worthy sticks that you sharpen to fashion to look like old school javelins and you watch as you put each of one of them in your bag as you're walking along you're just sort of shaving the tops off of them. Awesome and do they just work as normal uh, uh, like if I was to throw it at someone like a d4 or whatever it is? We'll, we'll say instead of a d6 they're a d4 because they're technically an improvised weapon. Cool. Roll your navigation check as you travel east that will be disadvantage Morgan. 16. 16 so even with a 16, you're able to maintain your course. You guys travel for approximately 
an hour or so getting deeper and deeper into this worm spine. As you do, the rocks and the jagged edges of these towering monolithic structures become closer and closer together and it becomes harder to weave your way through. You watch as well as it begins to open up and as you're walking through after the hour, the morning sun begins to beam down on you and you get feel that oppressive heat once again. I'll get you guys to roll constitution saves for me, please. 15. 14. 7. Ooh, 8. Okay, Gorgonbort and Morvan. You both seem like you are tracking pretty well, taking the lead in this. Barnabas and Rengar, the heat is oppressive upon you, probably from your morality being lowered by the loss of your weapons. <laughs> <laughs> um, you what? Holy shit. Look at this. Do I have to? <laughs> Behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Dose ones. <laughs> snake eyes. There's some snake eyes there, boys. You also watch to see Ren, who is on Braxton's back, and Braxton is starting to look extremely fatigued as well. And so is Ren. You back yourself up against one of the large rocky outcroppings, and all of you hear this noise, this scraping sound like claw on rock coming from above you, and it echoes through this whole area. As it echoes through this area, you also then hear a high-pitched screech coming from a guttural throat of some sort of large creature and you hear it coming from the peak behind you. You watch then as this large blue claw peers over the top of the rock that you're standing on. You watch as Braxton and Ren both immediately stealth into the back. Right. Around the rest of you there seems to be like a 20 foot path and then there's another uh, gap, another spine across the way from you, probably about 20 feet. What would you like to do? I'd like to run to the spine while looking up and I will stop as soon as it gets too close and just drop if I have to. Gorgonbort bolts. Braxton and Ren just sort of back up and they're just, he pulls out one of his blades and he looks towards you and he says, fuck. As I'm running, I'm preparing. I'm going towards like a small, a small little um, crevice. Uh, in, there is a crevice in the, in the spire that you can see. That's what I'm going towards and I'm preparing to uh, start getting the attention of whatever this is if I have to and just hoping that it can't fit in this thing that I'm going to. As you look back, as you're running, you can see lurching itself above the rock spire that your allies seem to be on is this massive pearlorescent blue lizard. You, as you look at it and the sun shines upon it, you can see that it has four incredibly strong legs claws and talons that are designed for climbing. It has this long neck and an incredibly long snout. You watch as its tongue just flicks out, smelling the air. And as it does, you watch as this lightning blue crackle runs from its mouth all the way down its neck and almost skitters off into the distance as it sort of crackles. And you guys all hear this crackle and it sounds like rocks are cracking around you. Braxton's still hiding. You watch as this creature begins sniffing the air even more as you're running Gorgonbort and you watch as it immediately darts its head towards you. It rears its head back, almost cobra style, and you watch as in its mouth you can see this lightning start to churn. And you guys all hear this charge. This what would you like to do? I'm about to be lit up. <clears throat> I don't need to be uh, hurt to rage, do I? I can just I can just nope. rage. I'm gonna go Super Saiyan here and uh, nice. beef up a bit. So I, I just imagine Gorgon yeah. <laughs> running around, looking over his shoulder, and then just going fuck. <laughs> yeah, so I was thinking. <laughs> so you're heading towards a rock crevice. I'll get you to roll a dexterity save for me, please. So sixteen. Oh, crocky! It's Ooh. a lizard. Oh, sounds like a strong lizard. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Does a 19 hit your AC? Oh, yeah. Okay. You can see this creature just begin to draw the moisture out of the air around it. You can see that this lightning begins to crackle in its more, and it jerks forward. As it does so, you see this blue-yellow piercing light just move straight from its mouth all the way into Gorgonbort's form, and you watch him immediately light up. The sand around him begins to part, and you watch as this lightning breath just veers off, hits one of the rocky outcroppings, and cuts it in half. You can see it begin to slide down, and as it begins to slide down, you guys hear this. You take 44 points of damage. Oh! <laughs> halved because you succeeded your dexterity save. Yep. As it begins to make its way down quickly from its rocky encampment and it moves like a like a goanna as it begins shuffling down. You watch this massive whipping tail move past the rest of the party as you guys are hidden behind the rock as it comes down, it wheels around Gorgonbort and you can see it just semicircled around his body now. I would also say upon this, Rango would have oh he would have stepped out and been readying Yep, a, a plus one poison arrow to try and hit an eye or okay. whatever weak spot he could see. As it begins to lumber down this rocky outcropping before it circles Gorgonbord, you watch as this, arrow, uh, this knife flies from Barnabas and he throws it with incredible accuracy. It hits with force right underneath the jaw and as it begins to screech at Gorgonbord in an attempt to catch its prey, you watch as it suddenly silence and this gash just occurs underneath its jaw because of the knife that he had thrown. It immediately flashes back into your hand and as this creature, this monitor, curls around Gorgonbord, it also looks in your direction and it can now see all of you. So at that point you hear Braxton say, we're fucked. And at that point we're all initiative. Ooh. As we jump in now, you guys are currently looking at this blue monitor looking lizard, absolutely humongous, facing down Gorgonbord. It turns its head to look at you. Gorgonbord, you're looking at the crack in the rocky outcropping that you were initially heading to to try and wedge this thing away from everybody. As you look at it, you can all roll survival checks to see if you can know what it is. Know your enemy. So, Oh, sorry, a nine. Uh, five. Twenty-one. All right, so looking at these creatures. Creature. Creature, sorry. Twenty, sorry. Uh, dirty <laughs> twenty. I've got another one here. <laughs> oh. Barnabas and also Rengar, you look at this and you can see that it's definitely a monitor-type lizard. You've heard of these things, especially you, Barnabas, being from mountainous regions. This is called a Bahia, and it's happy to be here. No. Yeah. It's a predator, basically. It is <laughs> nice, a, Dad. Yeah, thanks, bro. <laughs> it's a um, it's an ambush predator, basically. It will hit its prey and try to eat. So if you hurt it enough, you guys get the assumption that if you hurt it enough, it's probably not going to realize that this prey is easy and run. That being said, however, you are in a very arid region. As you look at it, it does look skinnier than what you remember them being, Barnabas. So perhaps it is a little bit more desperate and it hungry. Definitely want to go to the death. Do with that what you will. First up is going to be Rengar. So you look at this creature, you can see the back half of it as it is facing down Gorgonbort, but its long head turns around to look at you guys as well, cool. so it definitely knows you're there. Cool. Um, I'm going to move away from the group and get out to the side to get a better vantage on the side of its head. Cut myself against the wall, sort of back myself in an arch there. Is there any sort of shady area there? Is, is there any cover? You are able to see that there is... A rocky outcropping above you, yep. but it's not enough to grant you any sort of AC cover or anything like that. Okay, cool. So no no boulders on the ground or anything no. like that either. That's fine. I'll just back up against the wall there. I will Hunter's Mark it. You see a nice little shadow around his head. I'm actually going to mark the point at which I want to hit. So that would be roughly his eyeball. And I'm going to use a plus one arrow with my longbow and I also get red ambusher to hit. That is going to be a shit. <laughs> 27. 
That is going to hit. Right in the eyeball. A whopper of a hit. A whopper. Um, 23 points of damage. Not a bad opener. Oh, and it's plus one arrow. It's 24 points of 24 damage. points of damage. Okay, so you watch then as this arrow, laced with this black ichor upon the arrowhead, you watch as this arrow just sears through the heat and it almost gets those uh, heat waves coming from it as it spins through the air, hits directly in its mark and the head rears back in the opposite direction to what the arrow hit and you can see it just embedded to the fletching in the side of this thing's face and it screams up into the air loudly. It looks hurt. That ends my turn. Next up we have Braxton. Braxton is going to take a leaf out of his brother's book, but he's going to go on the opposite side. As he runs on the opposite side of this uh, monitor, he can see Rangar up on the other side and before he runs, he says to the boy, find somewhere to hide. And then he will arm his bow with an arrow. He will use a superiority die. He's going to go with a menacing attack. He's going to try and scare it. So you watch as he moves around and you see him pull back on his arrow. He will roll for the attack. Natural 20. <laughs> so, Ow. boom. Yeah, uh, doing 27 points of damage with the crit. And it will have to make a save to see if it's frightened. Uh, it succeeds with a natural 16. Unfortunately, not uh, frightened with a menacing attack for his but it's not scared. You watch as it looks at the three of you now in each of its directions, seemingly surrounded, and you can see it begin to back up a little bit. At that, it comes to its uh, Baron Barnabas' turn. Sorry. I, uh, starting, starting to embrace the, uh, I can throw these further than 10 feet away, embracing the aspect of the ninja. I'm going <laughs> to run forward within, <laughs> within 20 feet and throw three daggers, one with an attack, one with a bonus, one with my attack. Oh, Go for it. Massive Goliath that is running cool, up man. Man. <laughs> I'm, I'm like picturing that going That's pretty cool I feel like that's he has sweet. them like holstered under his arm So he's just like As he's running forward That's sick Yeah that's sick <laughs> Exactly yeah. As he's throwing these He realised maybe he should have stopped Moving <laughs> to throw <laughs> Where did Where so did all those a, go? You got a 14 A 12 And a 26 Yep So one of those hits So the first two As you're running You throw two And they just ting ting Off the side of the rocks Over the top of its head but the third one, you stop, really line it up, and just throw it directly into the back of its skull. Ten points. Ten points, nice. Who needs a glaive? Yeah, so you hit this thing in the back of the head, and you watch you create this massive wound just at the base of the neck, and you watch as the dagger disappears, this blue blood begins to trickle down. This thing is actually starting to reel around in fear now. This creature looks around, sees that it's surrounded, moves over the top of Braxton, climbs up onto the rocky outcropping, and wheels his way around the other side of... Uh, Gorgonbort, you watch then as its breath begins to charge in a lightning line and as it strikes I'm going to need the three of you in that line to roll a dexterity save. Mm. Ooh, Does that include the boy? The boy. Or is he hidden? The boy is hidden. This is the one I get twos on. Gorgonbort, Barnabas and Morvan. Unless you have three points of exhaustion you don't have disadvantage on saves. Morvan, Broden, I am really getting to that line of the ninja. That 20 plus one. Nice. I got a 13. Lightning cat hit me. <laughs> 13 uh, for Gorgonbort. That's uh, going to tickle. Morvan, you should be worried. I see it coming towards me. I could block damage. Step out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning quick, some might say. Baron Barnabas, you just do that side step and it just completely goes in front of you. You feel the heat crackling off of this lightning breath energy. You look back behind you, though, and Morvan takes the full brunt of it. You take 30 points of lightning damage, Morvan. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, Gorgonbort, you also take 30 points of damage. Huh. 
Oh, wow. And as it sees that all of you are still kind of encroaching, but some are weak, it stands its ground. That then brings us to Morvan's turn. I need you to do something, Morvan. It is within 60 feet. Can it roll a wisdom save of... Got to hit a 16. So 18 total. I think I'm good here. I got relentless endurance. So (laughs) I can die twice. (laughs) <laughs> like a James Bond villain <laughs> Orcish regeneration yeah. He's getting hit by 2d12 Because Morvan just did The dead In its ears and it's Just to heighten its fear It hears dull, deep, ringing Most of What does Morvan look like as he casts this fucking Necromantic spell? Fucking hurt <laughs> <laughs> What does he look like? Fucking hurt um, Hands extended, carry style You can see blood coming down him And you just watch as this ringing occurs In the ears of this Bahir Morvan to cast this spell He saw just rolls his wrist Almost as if he's ringing a cowbell I don't know if they'd actually see it But it's almost as if there's an ethereal giant bell Behind this Bahir That's cool. uh, That is 15 damage Because he succeeded He takes half And this is due to a evocation level six thing where he takes half on sixteen. Yep. Okay. Cantrips. So half of fifteen, good. please. So your power now enhanced by your high level of wizardry. You watch as even though the spell doesn't take effect quite as much as you would like it to, it still sort of looks left and right, almost like half of its senses are dulled, and a creature that relies on such senses to attack. Yeah. and survive, it starts to get even more worried. And Morvan's going to move out. I see a stand a bit in between Barnabas and... I might say right Braxton. in the open. Braxton. Braxton. Yeah, well, he's got to go through three other people um, before he hits me. He doesn't have to beat the Bahir. He just has to... Beat the others. Self-preservation. If you're in a jungle yeah. and you hear a tiger, you... Tighten your straps because all you gotta do is beat the people with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I think that's uh, so. That's his action. That's his movement, uh, and that's his turn. All right. That brings us then to Gorgonbort's turn. Bloody, battered, and bruised. Thank being God. hit by this lightning strike twice and oh. living to tell the tale. <laughs> Thank God, I get a turn before the lizard. Your muscles are ripped. <laughs> you can see the lightning moving around you. Your hair standing on end. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> ripped. I'm getting close to it anyway. So I'm going to uh, move towards him. I'm going to jump up on his back. Roll an athletics check with advantage because you are... Oh, actually, are you exhausted? I uh, got one point, yep. So it'll be a straight roll because you would have advantage as a barbarian. Yep. Oh, it's a a nat 20. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so what does it look like as you jockey this creature? I kind of use my um, Chieftain's Fury... And have you ever played that game where you got that thing in the pickaxe and you're sitting in a tub and you kind of and you get yourself up to, yes. <laughs> up to the yeah, uh, yeah. cave? I yeah, I use that Chieftain's Fury. I hit the ground really hard and it kind of propels me upwards and I um I am uh, surfing the neck of this lizard. Very cool. So yeah. you Tarzan style surf down the neck of this lizard and whilst you're there, what are you gonna do? I was gonna try and tame it, but uh, I don't think that's possible. I am going to use Earth Shatter on its head All while, right, I'm, so while it I'm there. Rolls a dexterity <laughs> check. Uh, it only rolls a 13. That will take full damage. Nice. So 2d8. A 4. So it's a 9. Yeah. 2d8's bludgeoning. And it's too big, so I don't think it gets flicked away. It, no, if it failed, it does. No, okay. It's an effect of the weapon. So it's uh, it's prone? 
I guess. Is that what it says? Oh, it's, yeah. So, and it's not prone. Yep. All right. So, what happens is you see this massive hammer hit on the top of this thing's head as uh, Gorgonbort begins sliding down its neck. As you do, you watch as it immediately gets pushed to the ground and 10 foot backwards. It is currently prone uh, and it is looking very, very rough. <laughs> I'm going to go very, for a second attack. Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> upside down. Upside nice. down. That's awesome. Oh, I'm just going to go for the standard uh, attack using my, not Chieftain's, I suppose. Chieftain's Fury, standard whackaroo. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so six and eight, so... Whatever that is. That'll uh, 14. Miss, unfortunately. So you go to strike it, but as you do, its tail sort of whips around and you have to duck, so it offshoots your, your attack. And it's like a turtle on its back. It's riding around. <laughs> you can see the dust beginning to kick up around it as it starts to struggle. That's cool. I will then... Oh, shit. That didn't work. How about some fire for you? And I will use fire strike. <laughs> bonus action fire strike. So yep. read that ability to me. Um, while in rage, you can use a bonus action to swing through the air so violently you expel a fiery burst of da da da. The creature must exceed uh, a deck save or take 1d8 fire damage. Okay, so it is prone. So it has disadvantage on deck save. So it gets a five. Yeah, it does not save. Oh, it's two. Okay. So two points of fire damage as you duck out of the way, you swipe the air and you just collect all the heat from the air around you and expel it forward onto this creature. It pushes it through the dust and you guys now see the the sand obscuring your vision of it if you're not within five feet because of the struggle that it's happening. Uh, Rengar, you're up. Oh, he's ready. So how, how, like, how hurt does it look like proper it, injured? It is now, you've seen beasts from hunting before. It's looking for an escape route. Roger. Okay, we well, ain't gonna let that happen. While it's turtling, um, and it's it's on it's back. still on its prone, back. So yes. I got advantage only on melee. Uh, you actually Roger. have disadvantage if it's prone or a ranged attack because technically its surface area to hit is lower. Really, a rapier would be handy right now. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm so screwed about that. You got. Yeah. No, because people don't know. But Aaron, Aaron asked last night. What's your favorite weapon? And I went, oh, well, this and this. Uh, anyways, he's going <laughs> to fucking just shoot the motherfucker Actually, anyway. Yes, true. Uh, that's pretty, I got a nat 20 and a 15, so that's going to be a 20. That's going to still hit? Yep. So, uh, you do have sneak attack this time because Gorgonbort's within five Hey, well, that's going to be 2d6 plus d8. For damage, plus eight. That's fucking good. That's 12, 19, plus eight, 27. What does it look like as you kill this beast? Oh, fucking Yes! Mm, Rengar just uh, you guys just watch he's seeing this animal and doesn't like to let things just you know be so injured that he's supposed to put it out of its misery he just does that like casual walk up with the bow straight, straight through the neck the you watch as it goes to lash and bite out at Gorgonbort Gorgonbort stands firm with it but you watch as it's beginning to bite it bites the air in front of you and its air is expelled as an arrow just shoots straight through the back of its neck it falls to the side and you just push the head off of you the dust begins to settle. The body of this creature lies lifeless in front of you. You hear the last heave as it dies. Bracton moves over to you, Rengar, and says, That has got to be the biggest thing I've ever seen you fucking kill. <laughs> and he gives you the massivest hug. <laughs> so like, this it. is living. Uh, <laughs> Holy this is fuck. You look like shit. <laughs> I look towards you, Gorgonbort. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. He pats all you right, on the shoulder. <laughs> As he pats you on the shoulder and you say camel rider, you watch as he like goes to like sock you in the jaw and he says, <laughs> you're a tough bastard. I wouldn't want to meet you in a back alley. 
Yeah, I went and looked at and looked at Gorgon board and give him like a big nod and said that that was some impressive stuff. I, I've never seen you act that way before. I mean, there was a bit of a miss there, but that you you regathered beautifully. I do what I do best. <laughs> I, I jumped in first and I winged it. He <laughs> <laughs> <You laughs> <worked laughs> then. Braxton says, "I may be the camel rider. But you rode that Bahia gallantly." The Bahia rider. rider. Yeah, the lizard rider. <laughs> For some reason, the group's I've quite jovial at this stage after being <laughs> fucked up. That's uh, called the adrenaline high. Yeah, I think so. We're like so pumped. <laughs> Everyone's praising Gorgon. Yeah. Meanwhile, Morven's over here closer to death. Just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Morven walks through the sand, his feet shuffling Oof. in exhaustion and battered and bruisedness. It's all right. Twitching gotta, every now and again. Rengar's going to use Goodberry. I think it's time to move. Uh, oh, I don't want to stay in this canyon, so I'll just, I just grab Morvan's foot. I'm assuming he's lying down at the stage, and I just start <laughs> walking, dragging. walking and dragging him through the sand. Oh. All right. You begin tracking further east. Is there anything you guys want to do before you leave this area? Uh, can we uh, check out and just poke our head in what that little cavern thing was? Yep. And I'll say you can do that while others do something else if they need to. And yeah, I'm going to start the- pilfering this beast. Yeah, is I wanted to take some teeth because they seem <gasps> big and sharp. Yes. Cause teeth. Add yeah. it to this ladle. Yeah. Fuck oath. Yes. <laughs> oh, is there a cool magical thing for its breath? You're not too sure. Ooh, can I we'll have to investigate. All right, so let's break this down. Morvan, you're going to go check out the crevice. So roll an investigation check or survival check for that. Rengar, you're going to rip apart this beast and harvest it. Would you be helping in that affair, Baron Barnabas, or would you be doing something else? Yeah, I'm looking for... It's edible though, so I don't really care much about okay. it. <laughs> so you can have advantage on your check to salvage things from this beast, Rengar. And what would you be doing, Gorgonbord? Um, salvaging some of its scales. So I think that would make a good um, uh, sheath, as I would do, sheath for the mm-hmm. uh, for, for the ladle. When, eventually, when time comes, and teeth. Okay, so as you go and look over this thing's skin, it's almost like rubbery. It's not um, it's not scales at all, and you think that's almost like an insulator for its its own sort of lightning uh, attacks. Yeah. So you can see that it. It's kind of rubbery in its sort of uh, in its texture, mm. so you can take it because it's got this beautiful black b- blue hue through it, yep. and it sort of sheens in the sun, so it would look nice if that's something that you wanted to do. Sure, that sounds cool. All right, you take a piece of skin off, and it seems to be big enough to craft something of your choosing out of that. Uh, what, what was it? Survival. Yes, nine. Okay, so with a nine, you do see various chunks of meat being hacked off it by Barnabas, and he's just doing a violent job. Um, you probably have three pounds of lizard meat, uh, Baron. And as you look towards its teeth, you can see that they are quite sharp. Uh, they're probably about as, as long as daggers, but they're very thin. You can see that they're, they're almost like dart, dart size. So you look at them and every time you try to break one out, they kind of splinter, I guess, with your survival. You look towards the claws, however, and they're probably the size of short swords, but they're curved. And they're razor sharp along the inside. I think I've found a substitute. Baron Barnabas, you see him doing that as well. And it would probably also make a good head for a glaive if you needed to. You want to fix some weapons? Yeah. You can see it has three claws on each hand and you're able to successfully extract three out of the three, four, twelve that it actually has. So you have three uh, short sword size claws that are the shape of almost like a scythe if you picture like a, a goanna talon it's like that but it's extremely sharp on the inside and pointed at the end as you guys collect them 
render them down. Morvan, you poke your head into the crevice. Get a 22. Okay. So moving through, you can see you have to kind of shuffle your way in because the rocks are kind of tightly packed together. And as you make your way probably about 10 or so feet in, you can see uh, a skeleton that seems to be half buried. Uh, well, I assume it's a bit dark. I'll uh, cast dancing lights and go over and inspect a bit more. So as you cast these dancing lights and you exude them in this area, you can see that the body is definitely long dead. The armor looks unweathered. What armor, sorry? Uh, it looks leather. The leather armor. Was there a weapon or anything the, in pouches? Or? It looks like this person once had weapons sheathed, but as you go to unsheath, you can see that it pretty much turns to absolute dust. Uh, the so the rust, the rust uh, things. So just one normal. Uh, do I sense it's okay? Okay. Without a check, you can check. You can see that the state of this body, the state of these weapons, the armor should absolutely be completely dust. Okay. But it looks like it had just been forged. It's completely clean. Okay. I'll grab it, go back out. Do I have, do I have time to do an identify or do I just throw it in and I'll identify it later? I think it's like 10 minutes. Yeah, well, I was going to give you five berries to Jacko, five to you. To who? To Gorgonbort. Who the fuck is Jacko? That's the ghost in your, in your voices. <laughs> if, um, <laughs> you found out your name. Yeah, so I'm going to distribute those berries. Okay. Um, so you give those berries out. You gain five HP, Jacko. Nice. Uh, Gorgonbort, you gain five HP. <laughs> five. <laughs> I, I look at uh, I look at Rengar and I thank him genuinely, but I'm also incredibly disappointed because five is not much. Yes. At all. Uh, <laughs> that's all I have. <laughs> He's like, that's ten berries, man. Morvan. <laughs> how long, this, sorry, how long is a short rest in this one? Half an hour? hour? An hour. Yeah, an hour. As you go to turn to leave, Morvan, you do see standing there in front of you, Ren, who seems to have made his way into the cavern. He says, what did you find? Uh, found some leather armor. I'm about to go and um, try to investigate it a bit more. Identified a bit more. Okay. All how right. are you? I mean, that was scary, but I'm just glad I'm with people that can take care of themselves. Take care of me. Yeah, we'll keep you safe. Yep. You can see he's a little bit shaken. Yeah, you'll be alright. Uh, Morgan put a arm around his shoulder, pat his shoulder. Like, you, you'll be alright. No, go find uh, Braxton and make sure he's... <laughs> just he's pumped him off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And yeah, in the back of Morgan says, like, if we can't save him, it'd be because we're dead, in which case it don't matter. So... <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> and as you make your way out at this time, you would have harvested the talons and you guys begin making your way east after are you taking a short rest here or are you finding somewhere else? Want to do it in the cave possibly? Or I am literally up to... Actually, exposed? sorry, how big was this cave? Was it literally just that 10 feet in and or I saw something 10 feet in and it keeps going? No, it's 10 feet in and then it goes to like a rock cave in almost. So it, so it comes to a, a crevice that you just basically can't can't pass. Right. Is it enough for the entire party to be in or is you it You could too... all sit in there like single file and, and have your legs fully extended with your backs leaning up against the rock wall and it's cool in here so you could probably take some respite from the sun as well. Yeah. Is it actually about lunchtime or is it... It's still... probably mid-morning. Like the so sun isn't at its highest point in the sky but it's getting there. Well, it would be good for sure. So I just realised I'm not actually exhausted because we had that long rest coming into this. Yeah, I didn't think so, you were either. Um, so a short rest just to get some more HP and we'll be good. 
At so, this point as well, you watch as the donkey skitters in. <laughs> take your, I forgot about that guy. You he's, take your he's good at being like out of the way. Yeah. Morven goes up to the donkey and actually like, oh, good donkey, good donkey. <laughs> and you guys well, look at the way he treats random. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to say there, there. <laughs> um, so yeah, you take some rations off of the donkey. So mark those off, guys, and uh, mark off the ones you use for your long rest as well. And do what you need to do in order to have your short rest. That's it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for listening to our after credits announcements. As some of you may be aware, we've started a Patreon and every week we like to pay credit to some of the people who help us financially in supporting this podcast. It goes a really long way and it's absolutely humbling for us to know that you want to support us in this fashion. So without any further ado, I would like to shout out none other than Rob for this week as our patron of the week. Thank you very much for your support. It does not go unnoticed. So thank you, Rob, for being this week's patron of the week. If you're a community member and you want to be just as awesome as Rob, make sure you head on over to our Patreon, which is at patreon.com forward slash D&D Valiant Odyssey. That's at patreon.com forward slash D&D Valiant Odyssey, where you can view two extra podcasts a month produced by the people that brought you this very podcast, D&D Valiant Odyssey, one entitled Path of the Wild and one entitled Tales from the Tap Room, where we sit down and analyze some of the episodes that have gone past with some extra special guests and you guys get to have a little peek behind the DM screen and have a talk about some of the character motivations as well as some of the planning tips that I have for you in creating your very own adventures in the D&D Valiant Odyssey world or in your own homebrew world. If you wanted to support us in another way, you can head on over to anywhere you listen to good podcasts and give us a five-star rating and write a review that tells us how much you love the show. Little efforts like that go a really long way for small creators especially us here at the D&D Valiant Odyssey community. We really do love hearing from our fans, guys, and your words mean everything to us. So it helps us keep creating this content and helps us keep pushing the show in the direction that you want it to go in. So thank you so much for any support that you're able to give us in any way it comes. That's it from me, ladies and gentlemen. And remember, as always, be valiant.